Welcome to the Growth Cap Podcast, where we chat with CEOs, investors, and other key industry leaders to uncover insights and strategies for accelerating growth and succeeding in business. I am your host, RJ Lumba, Managing Partner of Growth Cap LLC. In this episode, we chat with Vinay Kashyap, a partner at Mainsail, which is a growth equity firm focused on bootstrap software companies. I've known Vinay for some time. He possesses a unique humility and engaging personality that draws people in. He's someone CEOs can speak openly with and trust as they seek capital and counsel on growing their companies to the next level. We caught up recently in Mainsail's offices in San Francisco. While overlooking a clear view of the city 30 floors up, we catch up a bit on recent life events and then begin our conversation. So, Vinay, thanks uh, so much for taking the time. It's good to see you. It's been, uh, man, it's been probably like a year since we last saw each other. Yep. Uh, or more than that. Um, but good to sit down with you. Maybe what we could do just to kick off the conversation is, is chat a little bit about um, your background and, um, you know, leading up to, to Mainsail. Absolutely. Well, thanks for uh, having me, RJ. Appreciate you taking the time and all the work you do in the growth equity market. Um, so, uh, so my background is I uh, started my growth equity investing career in 2006 with Summit Partners, um, working in their Boston uh, office for several years and then in their London office. Um, and I, I had done a short stints in consulting and investment banking um, and then uh, found my way to Summit. Uh, and my three partners here, investing partners at Mainsail, um, are also ex-Summit uh, folks. So we have a, 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 a decent amount of Summit DNA in the firm. Um, and uh, at Summit, I was focused you know, upmarket from where we are. The funds that we were investing out of at the time were, uh, were a couple billion dollars. Um, and we were uh, looking to deploy um, 60 million plus per investment. Um, and... The original DNA of Summit was has some uh, similarities to what we're doing at Mainsail, which is focusing on more founder-owned companies, bootstrap businesses, first institutional uh, equity into these companies. But by the time I was at Summit, that 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 had evolved dramatically. And so after several years of kind of training there, which is was a wonderful experience and had some great mentors and learned a lot. Um, after uh, business school, wanted to join a, a smaller platform and was introduced to. Um, Gavin Turner and Jason Payne here at Mainsail, and a lot of um, what I had read about and understood about you know Summit in the in the early '90s, it felt like um, some of that um, uh, was trying to be replicated, but with some modifications to what we were doing. And the two key modifications were: one is uh, we were um, focused exclusively on founder-owned bootstrap companies. We were constructing uh, more concentrated portfolios, so kind of eight to ten platform companies per fund. Um, and the second uh, modification was we were really working closely with the entrepreneurs through a operations team uh, to help grow the business beyond just providing capital in the kind of more uh, generic um, strategic or M&A value add that you find in private equity. And so, um, I, you know, Mainsail was very early uh, in our lower mid-market category of identifying that as an opportunity. Um, and um, the two tenants of Mainsail, the bootstrap focus and then the, uh, the, the operations team, which we've developed and invested in over the years, uh, work very well together. And, um, and so I've always enjoyed working with founder-owned companies, with entrepreneurs, with founders. I've really enjoyed being the first institutional investor in a company 
um, being a significant equity holder. Um, and so we're usually owning at least 30 40%, um, up to 100% of a given company, uh, really rolling up our sleeves and working closely with entrepreneurs. And uh, I'm able to do that every single day here at Mainsail, which is great. Excellent. And uh, so let's talk about uh, Bootstrapped, if, if we can. What makes that an attractive uh, aspect to a business? Yeah, it's a really it's a multi-level question, and if you go to our website, um, you'll see a lot of our positioning and, and is towards the bootstrapped entrepreneur. And so, um, you know, one is that it's a wonderful filtering mechanism for um, uh, capital efficient uh, software companies. And so, from our perspective, if you can grow a company to seven to ten million of recurring revenue. Uh, without taking on institutional capital, with just maybe some friends and, and family money, or where you know your your customers or your venture capitalists, um, generally you have found a very strong product market fit. Um, and uh, the, the the demand side of the equation is is taken care of um, in in those situations. And so we really like that as a filter, uh, as we're sifting through hundreds of companies every year. Um, it's it's a real good truth serum. Mm-hmm. for uh, a product market fit um, in, in a company. Uh, secondly, uh, the entrepreneurs that tend to build these companies have certain characteristics that we really like. They're, they're fiscally uh, very conservative and responsible. They really understand the value of a dollar. Um, and they have a heightened, um, I would say, kind of sense of opportunity cost. They really know how to spend a dollar, how to spend a minute of time. Um, and then when we do invest and provide capital and resources, uh, we find that the, the the allocation process of that capital resources is done fairly intelligently, um, and, um, and 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 that's something that we also uh, philosophically here believe in profitable growth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we can have some cash burn along the way, but we're really focused on companies that have the strong unit economics and the underlying business models that allow for capital efficient growth, and so. Um, you know, the filtering mechanism plus uh, the quality of the entrepreneur um, has really led us to focus on bootstrap companies. And then secondly, we feel like we can really help. Um, and, you know, as you know, the industry is competitive, There's a lot of private equity firms, a lot of software-focused private equity firms. Um, but our operations team is really tailored to the bootstrapped entrepreneur. Uh, we do an annual survey uh, that you can see of bootstrap entrepreneurs. We have a database uh, with tens of thousands of bootstrap companies. Mm-hmm. We survey the database and we actually understand what are their pain points, what are their biggest issues that they face in scaling. Um, and usually we hear product, talent, sales and marketing. And then we actually uh, custom tailor our operations team and our value proposition to that bootstrap entrepreneur. So if you're a, a company that's not taking out that capital and you're meeting with 10 different private equity funds, the messaging resonates, and then the actual value proposition resonates quite well. And so it's our way of focusing mm-hmm. and um, really uh, sticking to our knitting and specializing in this segment of the software market. Great. And, uh, you know, it's interesting for a lot of, I think, a lot of folks in our audience um, that are either, you know, CEOs or, you know, maybe institutional investors, when they think of the growth equity space, it all falls into this one big pool of, oh, it's, it's capital, private capital for growth stage companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's not a lot of uh, understanding around the differences between uh, each fund or each firm, mm-hmm. uh, whereas there is, uh, there are, if, you, if one spends, you know, five or so years in the space, they'll really understand there, there's a lot of difference mm-hmm. between a main sale and, and another uh, growth equity firm. So maybe... 
the the operations and the playbook aspect. You, mm-hmm. you touched on that. Um, are there, you know, maybe there could be a case example or, or something you might be able to share with us of, of how you've been able to kind of uh, identify areas of a business that you could help and, mm-hmm. and, um, and were able to execute on it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, case studies are, are very useful. Um, so the first investment I was involved with at Mainsell was a software company called Zen Planner. I think in many ways uh, exemplifies a classic mainstream investment. Um, one, it was uh, founded by a entrepreneur who um, uh, himself had a problem that he wanted to solve. And so that's a common theme that we look for in all our investments. And I would say 75, 80% of the investments we make, the, the entrepreneur is their own first customer. It's a really interesting um, uh, component of what, what we like in a good business. And in this case, um, the, the founder was a uh, martial artist and was, uh, had a martial arts studio that he frequented that did not have any sort of business management software. So it was running on spreadsheets. It had a classic physical uh, point-of-sale terminal. And so he actually was a developer. He developed some software, and he gave it to the studio that he was uh, intimately involved with, and that was the first customer, right? He was kind of servicing a, a real pain point, something that he had seen over the years, Built the business up to um, several million of recurring revenue. He had brought in a professional CEO. Um, but when we got involved, it was a 30-person company based in Denver, Colorado. They had uh, a couple hundred fitness studios as customers. Um, and it was, uh, it was a situation where we, uh, we loved the end market. We loved the, the, the trends in kind of boutique fitness. We like the uh, the authentic uh, problem that the entrepreneur was solving. And you can kind of see that... Um, that that uh, that authenticism in the in the in the culture of the company. Um, so everyone really had a real passion for fitness for fitness studios, um, and then we really liked the CEO, this gentleman named Jeff Gardner, that they had brought in. And uh, so we um, did a, a majority investment in the company, majority recap, um, and um, you know we rolled up our sleeves and we got to work. And so we we recruited an entire team there. We recruited a chief technology officer. We recruited a, a VP of growth. Um, from LogMeIn, we brought in an independent board member named Joseph Esses, who's the CTO of OpenTable. So we had a real good understanding of SMB businesses. And when I say we, I mean, I actually mean Mainsail. We have an internal recruiting group here, and we use this internal recruiting group um, to bring talent into our, uh, into our companies. Um, and then we got very involved in a number of functional areas of the business. Um, and so obviously, first audit, uh, KPI deck, instrumenting the business. That's a real first thing that we like to do with the companies. You know, you can't change what you don't, you can't measure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we spent a lot of time uh, throughout uh, the, the partnership period on customer success, on, on understanding, you know, in these SMB SaaS businesses or micro SMB businesses, churn is always an issue. And really understanding how to manage churn, how to look at churn uh, from a variety of different perspectives, what pieces of the product need to get used early to create good retention mechanisms. And one of our operating partners, Taylor McKinley, is uh, really specialized in customer success and really engaged closely with, the, uh, with his counterpart at the, the portfolio company uh, on the churn side. Um, and then simultaneously on go-to-market, we built up a sales team of two. Uh, by the time we had uh, exited the company, um, there was over 15 quota-carrying sales reps, uh, we were a global organization, um, and we had built out an inside sales kind of BDR lead gen program, and again, very closely involved uh, with our operations team, kind of showing uh, the company 
um, you know, the playbooks and the learnings that we had along the way. And we're constantly developing the playbooks. And so when we look across our portfolio, we look for best practices in each of the companies and use that to inform these these playbooks, and we're now up to actually 95 playbooks um, that we can kind of offer across every major function of a B2B software company. Um, and Zen Planner ultimately grew uh, uh, and, and was exited to, uh, to GI Daxco, um, mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful experience, I think, for all people involved um, and was an example of a really kind of successful main sale partnership. Yeah, one of the things I noticed, and you mentioned you know, having an ecosystem and bringing in a lot of uh, – skill sets, uh, you know, to the company mm-hmm. is that Mainsail seems to have a very uh, unique culture. Um, and obviously you're a big part of that, you know, being one of the partners. Um, but it takes, it takes a strong culture, I, I, I think, you know, in, in growth equity to bring all these resources uh, to you and, and to your companies. Mm-hmm. Um, is there something you could share about how you, you know, maybe uh, internally how you think about culture? Yeah, a great question, and um, I think we think about it a lot, especially given our experience at Summit and um, you know how we wanted to evolve our experience from there. So, I think a few tenets of our culture are, um, it, you know, we really the, the investing and operating piece of our of our business um, fit together really nicely. In that, uh, I think we truly believe. Um, you know, kind of Warren Buffett, you know, the more intelligently you know how to run a business, the better investor you are and vice versa. And so everyone here, though we uh, do delineate between an operations team and an, and an investing team, um, we work very closely together. And so we have an operating partner sitting on most of our boards. Our operating partners participate in the due diligence process. Um, and then the investing partners and the investing team um, spend a lot of time learning and understanding what our operations team is doing. And so in our Monday morning meetings, um, everyone, you know, normally in in an investment firm, you're sitting around, you're just going through pipelines, you're talking about new investment ideas. Our operations team is in the meeting and we're spending time talking about projects that we're doing in the portfolio and, and reviewing on a weekly basis case studies where we've had successes in the portfolio and it's a really a virtuous cycle where that obviously then enables our uh, investment team to go out, um, you know, into the market and, and, and obviously explain that to entrepreneurs that we're trying to invest in. So I would say the first core tenant is really this kind of uh, uh, nice uh, matching between the investing and operating side of our business. And we all really enjoy that. I think a lot of the investors here in another life would probably have maybe been uh, software CEOs, not just kind of finance guys. Um, the second core tenant is, you know, we just kind of really believe that life's short and you should get to choose who you work with. And the nice part of our business and our end of the market is we only make four new investments a year, four new platform investments a year. So each partner makes one investment. And that really allows you to sit back and take your time and wait for the right pitch, right? And wait for not only the right company, but the right entrepreneur, someone that you genuinely want to form a five, six, seven-year relationship with. Um, and uh, I think that kind of patience, which I, you know, I think other firms may not ha- have that have much larger funds or have much you know, more uh, aggressive maybe needs from a capital deployment perspective, they, don't, they aren't able to pick and choose who they work with. And so we take that philosophy externally and then internally where you know, we really recruit uh, folks onto the team who are low ego, who are humble, 
uh, obviously uh, who are driven and, and smart, uh, but also who can approach a bootstrap entrepreneur in, you know, Cincinnati or Kansas City or, you know, um, <clears throat> Nashville, uh, you know, Tennessee and have a real eye to eye kind of heart to heart conversation um, and do so in a way that they want to work with us. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately our business is, you know, we trade on our reputation and these entrepreneurs have a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. The market is, 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 there's, there's definitely competition and they ultimately choose a set of people and a firm that they work with. And when we exit, there are references. And if our references don't speak highly of what we do, um, then we're out of business. And so we pay very careful attention to the culture internally and how that interfaces with the cultures of our companies. Um, and, you know, so far I think we're doing a fairly good job at it, but we can always do more and do better. Mm-hmm. And then for some of the other, um, I'd say, younger professionals within the growth equity space uh, in our audience, are there like one or two or, or three things that uh, piece of it, pieces of uh, advice or insight around, uh, you know, this profession and how what you think makes for a good you know, private equity investor or growth equity investor? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm uh, probably in that younger category myself and learning. Uh, it's been 12 years in the market, but, um, you know, that's only a, a handful of exit cycles if you think about the five-year average hold period. And so, um, you know, I think about the business and I think about the job in three three components. Generally, I think about it in terms of uh, sourcing and idea generation. I think about it in um, uh, underwriting and, and deal execution, and then I think about it in you know su- portfolio company support and exit. And I think um, j- just like anything uh, professionally, you need to find the right mix of uh, what you enjoy doing and what you're good at. Mm-hmm. And I think you can always evolve both of those over time, especially what you're good at and if you have a good learning mindset. Um, but I think within the private equity landscape and even growth equity, probably the emphasis on those three components is different firm to firm and category by category. And so I think from my perspective and what we do at Mainsail, because still about two-thirds of our investments are sourced proprietarily without the uh, investment banker involved. And, you know, I would include growth cap probably more in the proprietary column in that it's not a broad auction process. Um, the sourcing aspect matters a lot. Mm-hmm. So you have to enjoy traveling. You have to enjoy kind of being on the hunt, if you will, for great companies. Uh, as we say in our business, we kiss a lot of frogs. Mm-hmm. And you have to be resilient and have thick skin and ultimately enjoy, um, you know, really a, a, a very sophisticated sales process. Um, and then similarly in our business, once we make an investment, because the companies are previously bootstrapped, um, you have to enjoy rolling up your sleeves and participating in the growth of that company. And so we are recruiting management teams, we're completing management teams, we're doing, um, I would say more than half of our companies are now doing add-on acquisitions to increase scale, we're adding board members, um, you know, we're participating in product roadmap conversations with all of our companies. I mean, that's the level of detail that we get into. One is because we enjoy it, two is because it's good business, and three is because we only, we allow ourselves to have the time to do that. So I'm on four boards. My partners, no one at Mainsail is on more than six boards, and that's by design. Um, and, and, and really, we should all be on average four to five boards at any given time, which enables us to engage. But back to your question, I think in terms of being a young investor and figuring out where do I want to be, 
I would kind of look at those three components mm-hmm. of, um, of investing and figure out uh, what you like. And if you want to be more on the execution side and uh, reviewing sims and you know uh, bidding on lots of deals that you may ultimately not win, um, then I think you know an upmarket buyout shop might be a better fit. If you want to participate more in um, the front end of the investment spectrum, right, the the analysis and the stock picking aspect, less so on the company growing and board work aspect. Then I think there's plenty of late stage, you know, kind of venture funds that fit that category, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're kind of a capital provider and a stock picker, but less so involved from a board kind of day to day aspect or week to week or month to month aspect of the company. And so I think it really comes down to figuring out what you enjoy, figuring out what's necessary in the job, and then every day continuing to learn because there's no books that right. you can really read. So it's really about finding good mentors, and it's very much an apprenticeship business. Um, and, and, and it takes, um, you know, literally decades to learn how to, uh, how to operate and you know, still very early in my career progress. Well, great, Vinay. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time here. Before we sign off, is yeah. there anything that we didn't cover um, that you'd, you'd like to talk about or mention or, or you know, we could, uh, it could be kind of open forum to, to um, you know, any insights you can, you know, impart. If, if not, that's great. That's fine too. But, you know, I, I, I like to at least give that opportunity. I appreciate like that. Um, no, I would just end by saying, uh, you know, really excited that Mainsell gets to participate in this ecosystem. Um, we've been doing it uh, as a partnership for 15 years, uh, previously at Summit uh, for probably another 30 years. And so uh, this, this growth equity uh, lands, piece of the landscape is a really exciting uh, area to, to, to work in where your returns are driven by growth. You know, we, we, we generate our returns through the recurring revenue or transactional revenue growth of our portfolio companies. Um, not through financial returns and generally not through multiple arbitrage either. And so um, it's an exciting place to work and we appreciate that uh, there's folks like you uh, covering our, our kind of uh, niche piece of the, the investment market and uh, excited that uh, we got to sit down today and hopefully we get to do it again soon. Yeah, me too. Great, uh, great chatting with you. Thanks again, Vinay. Thanks, RJ.